Hi, everyone, and welcome to Spill It, the Gwinnett County Public Library's podcast all about YA literature, where two of us love YA. Woo! And one doesn't. <laughs> I'm Catherine, teen services librarian, and I love YA. I'm Patty, youth services manager, and I also love YA. And I'm Sarah, youth services specialist. I think YA is, I love it like I love Mondays. Necessary, but not my first choice. That's awful. (laughs) (laughs) What is your least favorite day of the week? Um, Monday. (laughs) Oh, no. For me, it's Tuesdays. All right. So I'm I'm guessing Monday. (laughs) Since you said nothing. (laughs) Because Tuesdays, your week has started and you're still so far to go. And it's like, oh, God, it's, it's not Wednesday yet. It's just. Tuesday. Anyway, that's been day of the week talk. Moving on. I know, not moving on though. My least favorite is Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) Even though I'm off usually, it's like the whole day I'm dreading Monday coming. Oh, do you have the Sunday scaries? It's it's not scaries. I just don't. really don't like. No, because Sunday's ruined. Monday I'm over it because it's here. Okay. Okay. All right. That's, I mean, that's fair. A lot of people don't like Sundays because of that. Yeah. It's like the post-Christmas letdown feeling. It's been that way forever because I hated school and it just stuck with me. Anyway. Anyway. Days of the week talk. Right. <laughs> um, I'm not actually reading anything I can talk about right now because it may be for mm. something we're going to talk about in April. Secret. I'm trying to read ahead here, so <laughs> we'll see if that continues to work. Sarah, are you reading anything you can talk about? I just finished a YA book. It's not in our catalog, but it's it was good. It's called Now We Are Animals by R.P. Natha. And it is a sci-fi dystopian. I know that will not shock any of you. What? (gasps) And it's about um, a young British girl who's in school and aliens invade and take over everything. Aliens. Aliens. You know I like some aliens. And now basically human beings are treated as animals would be treated. So she becomes a pet. There's farms of humans. There's humans raised for racing. And it's how she kind of tries to figure out how to deal with this reality and maybe create a new future for herself. And I found out there's going to be a sequel to it released later this year. So I didn't know that it was a sequel series. <laughs> and actually, I feel like you could read it and just that, that be it. You don't she need to an keep orphan? Going. She is after the aliens invade. Uh, yeah. I mean, the aliens come. So, so do they do they show up in like balloons at first? Because I feel like we should be worried about aliens right now. Yeah. No, they do not. They oh, do okay. not. They just show up looking like um, they said models. They look like really attractive people. Of course, models. Of course, alien-looking model people come and make us their pets. But, of but course. No, but they're. The model look is just an illusion because their true form is would be too frightening for Horrifying. humans to take. Yeah, for for them to be able to look at them. This does not sound like something I would want to read. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> just gonna say. But for anybody out there who likes some aliens and dystopia, check it out. Okay, 
I am also reading sci-fi because I am on book two of the Murderbot Diaries. It's called Artificial Condition by Martha Wells. And I really just, I love these books. I also really like the first like four of them are maybe like 150 pages. So they're like super short and easy to read. Um, but it's just such an interesting idea. And we're getting Murderbot is now on their own and is going, delving into their history to find out if, if they really did go rogue and kill a bunch of people who were who they were supposed to protect because Murderbot is very upset about that. And these are more adulty or um so they're we have them marked as adult fiction because I think the publisher puts them out under adult fiction, but there is nothing particularly adult about them. I mean, there's nothing particularly teen about them either, which is why I think they probably got put in the adult sci-fi, but the language and the, the violence and sex stuff, it's, there's nothing in here that it's actually less <laughs> than in some of the teen books we read. I think it has a lot of appeal for, for young readers. Um, I think they'd be really interested in them. All right. I think you would like them, Sarah. Actually, because they they're they're kind of up your dystopia. The world that the murder bot exists in is kind of very dystopian. Mm-hmm. People, you know, owning people and corporations ruling everything seems right up your cheerful little alley. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, right down my dark, haunted, twisted alley. <laughs> Speaking of that, it was Sarah's turn to pick our book. And do you want to tell us about it? Yeah, this month we were looking for books that were Coretta Scott King Award winners or Coretta Scott King honor books. And this one is one of the honor books. And it is called Long Way Down. And it's written by Jason Reynolds. And it uh, I'll read the publisher's description. It says... Um, New York Times bestseller Jason Reynolds' fiercely stunning novel that takes place in 60 potent seconds, the time it takes a kid to decide whether or not he's going to murder the guy who killed his brother. A cannon, a strap, a piece, a biscuit, a burner, a heater, a chopper, a gat, a hammer, a tool for rule, or you can call it a gun. That's what 15-year-old Will has shoved in the back waistband of his jeans. See, his brother Sean was just murdered, and Will knows the rules. No crying, no snitching, revenge. That's where Will's now headed, with the gun shoved in the back waistband of his jeans, the gun that was his brother's gun. He gets on the elevator, seventh floor, stoked. He knows who he's after. Or does he? As the elevator stops on the sixth floor, on comes Buck. Buck, Will finds out, is who gave Sean the gun before Will took the gun. Buck tells Will to check that the gun is even loaded, and that's when Will sees that one bullet is missing, and the only one who could have fired Sean's gun was Sean. Huh. Will didn't know that Sean had ever actually used his gun. Bigger, huh? Buck is dead, but Buck's in the elevator? Just as Will's trying to think this through, the door to the next floor opens. A teenage girl gets on, waves away the smoke from dead Buck's cigarette. Will doesn't know her, but she knew him. Knew. When they were eight, and stray bullets had cut through the playground, and Will had tried to cover her, but she was hit anyway. And so what she wants to know, on that fifth floor elevator stop, 
is what if Will, Will with the gun shoved in the back waistband of his jeans, misses. And so it goes the whole long way down as the elevator stops on each floor and at each stop someone connected to his brother gets on to give Will a piece to a bigger story than the one he thinks he knows. A story that might never know an end if Will gets off that elevator. I feel like that told the whole story of the book. But I also kind of like it because there's not like a way to explain... There's not a... I was going to read the... Mine is... Will's older brother, Sean, has been shot dead. So who wants to talk about the cover? I will. That's a lot of shiny, shiny, shiny award stickers on it. (laughs) Look, Patty excited about talking about a cover. (laughs) I'm more excited about all the shiny award stickers on it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. On the inside of my cover, it says that has more... The awards for Long Way Down include Michael L. Prince Honor, Newbery Honor, Coretta Scott King Author Honor, Walter Dean Myers Award winner, National Book Award Longlist, Los Angeles Time Book Prize. It goes on and on. I won't read them all, but it's a long list. And I think it deserved them. Oh, I do too. Absolutely. I'm not arguing it with it. It's a novel in verse, but I mean, so it's a quick read, but it's like a powerful read. Like, I don't know. Well, also on the cover, if you look behind the stickers. <laughs> you can barely see the cover. There's so many, so many stickers. <laughs> there is um, the surface of the reflective surface of an elevator with the buttons going down from seven to the last button, the lower floor L that's lit up. And you can just barely see a reflection of Will's face in the elevator door. Yeah. So it's a good cover. I th- everything about this book is is amazing. I think it is absolutely one of my. It feels weird to call it favorites because it is so intense and such a heavy topic, but it is so well written and it's so well done. But I also like on the cover just that it says "astonishing, gripping, powerful, a tour de force." <laughs> yes, I mean, yeah, it that really describes it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, honestly, if I would have picked it up based just on the cover because it's not a flashy cover, really, to me. You mean me. without the shiny award without, stickers maybe being without like, all-time awesome? <laughs> like when it first came out? Yeah. <laughs> right. Because it just looks like an elevator, which, you know, I don't see elevator and think, wow, that's going to be exciting. But once you've read the book, the cover, I think, is more poignant what I think is interesting, you picked this book and you had not, you didn't know anything about it. That's right. And I remember talking about that because I'd read it and I think Catherine had read it before. Nope, you nope. hadn't read it? Okay. Couldn't remember. And I, so I knew what it was about and I remember you being like, well, you know, we'll pick this one and you know, I don't know about it. And I was like, oh, I think she's going to like it because it's got ghosts and there's a twist and... Even not not intentionally, you still pick the um, yeah <laughs> the book with like a sci-fi sort of twist. Yeah. When I got to the ghosts, I was like, yes. <laughs> I think it's interesting because poetry is not poetry is not one of those things I know a lot about. So it's I wish I knew a little bit more about. Um, 
the forms and the, the and like the what different kind of poetry different kind of poems mean because I know some of the ways that he has written it like the way he has chosen spacing and the way that the poem even like the one that's all on a question mark that I understand because that's right you know but like some of them why he has chosen to write certain poems in certain ways I am sure that there is a much deeper meaning behind some of this that someone who is a little bit more knowledgeable about poetry as an art form in general would would be able to explain to me (laughs) yeah there is definitely like a visual element to this book Um, the pages themselves have kind of a graphic effect going on that looks almost like they were scribbled on like very very faintly uh, so that you can still read all the text but the text is put in different places on the page and you know sometimes it's in the middle sometimes it's the bottom and all of that I think you know is intentional oh yeah and I can't talk about this part at all because I listened to this book and did not. Oh. Oh, interesting. Actually read it. That's interesting. Was it read by one narrator or because they don't, like the dialogue portions of this, they don't say, and then he said or whatever. They must have I just had to switch voices or try to make their voices look different or sound different rather. There was never a problem knowing who was talking. Okay. okay but I don't know how they made up for that. But let me double check. It was a while ago that I listened to it. So yeah, spoilers. As Will goes down this elevator ride, each floor where he stops, because he's on the way from his floor, the seventh, to the lobby with that gun, as was mentioned earlier, to try to go take revenge on the person that he believes killed his brother. And every time he stops at a floor, a different um, ghost gets on the elevator, and all of them are have been victims of gun violence. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them, all of them except Dana, have are connected to this, well, not connected to this gun, but... Danny sorry. is her name. Danny, never mind. Forget it. Because <laughs> I forgot about his dad. His dad and his isn't really connected. Buck is connected to this gun, and Sean is connected to this gun. But back to the audiobook... And I thought this was right. It is read by Jason Reynolds. Oh, nice. Um, so he probably knows how to... <laughs> I would hope he does. <laughs> make so, it clear who's yes. speaking. Since he was reading his own work, right. yes, he was able to make it clear right, who each character or visitor on the elevator was. I'm going to have to check that out. I would love to hear him read this book. Like To hear him read his own work would be really cool. I really enjoyed it. I think it's interesting. This one, the copy I have, I don't know if the audiobook copy hit has um, discussion questions in the back. And I don't normally read the, the like book discussion questions, but I did for some reason. I don't know. I was just like, I finished the book and I, it was short enough that I went and read them. And it did bring about some things that I didn't think about, about how like the name will has multiple meanings you know it could be a name but it's also a verb and a noun and like to think about kind of what the name that he chose for this character what that means and and I was like oh that's interesting I would not have thought about that but that is a very good point it is about your your own will and his will and choosing what you want to do yeah I read um a couple interviews 
with the author. And he mentioned how this is sort of about um, decision-making in general. Of course, Will's decisions are pretty pretty big ones. And we really don't get, not to spoil it, but you really don't know by the end what his decision has has been. Um, but he says it also talks about being haunted. And, of course, Will is, like, literally being haunted by ghosts. But just being haunted by your experiences and the things that you've gone through and trying to decide which of those things you're going to carry with you and which of those things you're going to try to shake free from. Right, because you can talk about the whole being haunted just by living in a neighborhood like Will's where people get shot all the time to the point where there's like standard practices around it, you know, that it's just a a thing that happens. He explains in the beginning that when somebody gets shot, there's always screaming and there's always sirens and like they put up the yellow tape and then everybody moves on. And it's like that this happens enough that it becomes regular and that in itself is something that haunts you. Yeah. And the rules about not crying, not snitching, get revenge, getting revenge. Yeah. One of my favorite, um, passages says somebody told me once a month the moon blacks out and becomes new and the next night be back to normal i'll tell you one thing the moon is lucky it's not down here where nothing is ever new do you think will got off the elevator at the end we really can't really get i'd like to think he didn't like i'd like to think he didn't I think he got off the elevator. I'm not going to live in the elevator. He did eventually eventually get off the elevator. She is correct. He He didn't die in there. Go through with his plan. (laughs) I want to think, I, I finished the book hopeful. Yeah. That he wasn't going to take that burden on and then live with the consequences of it. I thought it was interesting. I can't remember if it was his, was it his uncle or was it Buck that makes him talk it out and is like, what happens after? His uncle, yeah. And he didn't have a plan for what happens after yeah. you shoot this guy. He's just like, you run and like, and um, later he makes a comment about you wouldn't do well in prison, boy. And right. I'm like, because he can't think past that moment. I'm going to shoot this guy. And they've all sort of most of them have been victims of that kind of thinking where like I get revenge and then you get revenge for my revenge and then you get revenge for his revenge and it just kind of keeps going. And with the the dad story, sometimes you don't get it right. Yeah. Or Danny's where sometimes you you weren't even... And then someone takes your revenge for something totally, I mean... Right. Mm -hmm. So that's why I like to think he took all that in I hope so, too. And I think that maybe his ghosts are literal ghosts, but it could also read that they are just his own thoughts. Parts of his conscious. Right. Mm-hmm. And telling, asking him those questions like you need to think about. What if you have the wrong person? What if you have the right person, but your bullet misses and you kill somebody you didn't mean to? You don't even know how to use this gun. That's what the buck tells him in the first place. Like you right. don't even know what you're doing. Yeah. You, you can't make it in prison. Like, all of those kind of things are things he's wrestling with internally. Yeah. I do think because of the 
structure of the book, at the very beginning, he's talking about, it's him telling this story. And throughout this, he's telling the reader that this happened to him. Right. Which makes me hopeful that he then didn't go do this, that he instead thought about it. And it's like, he's written this down or he's telling someone yeah. the story. That's true. Cause he says at the beginning, something like, you're not going to believe this, but yes. I'm he's not like, making it up. He's like, of. it really happened to me. It really, it did. It so did. And I kind of think that the, the fact, the very fact that the very first poem in this is him telling us this experience he had makes me think that he did not go do it, that he made us a, a different choice. So I hope he did. Because I like Will. I also think it does I it does so many things so well. It does an absolutely fantastic job. Despite how how quickly the story goes and how it is a very um, sparse. It, there's not a ton of words. It's not long. And it is told, you know, about this one 60-second time period. But you still, like you know what Will's relationship with his brother was like. Right. Like, you know what their mother is going through and, like, feeling for their kids. And, like, it does such a wonderful job with so few words of painting this very realistic picture and, like, that you really feel like you get to know these characters. And a very emotional story that, and the emotions ring true to life, you know, for somebody who's gone through something you know, tragic and shocking and stuff like that. It just feels, yeah, you really can feel Will's anxiety and angst and devastation over this event. He does such a good job. It's just, it, I just think it's amazing. It's an amazing work of, of literature. I think it's just really, really good. And <laughs> clearly lots of other people. Uh, I mean, uh, yes, yeah, clearly everyone else thinks it's very good the, too. Yeah. <laughs> I am curious. Can someone look at, cause I'm like, what, if this won the Prince honor, what won the Prince that year? Because quite frankly, I, I can't believe it didn't win. I don't know. I'm going to look it up. You look it up. Called Patty Googles it. <laughs> we'll play some music for you. Just going to play your own music. Elevator music appropriately. No, the 2018 winner was we are okay. By Nina LaCour. California native Marion, devastated by grief and questioning her reality, plans to spend her winter break in an empty dorm in upstate New York, but now her best friend Mabel is on her way to visit, and Marion must confront the loneliness that is threatening to take over her heart. Mm. I haven't read that one, so I can't <laughs> say. Now I'm going to have to go check that out because I'm curious. 20... <laughs> 2018 Prince Awards were, that is a lot of good books. That one won, Long Way Down was an honor. I was going to say The, the Hate, Hate You Give, give. Mm. Strange the Dreamer, and Vincent and Theo. That is a that is a good group of books. So now I clearly have to read <laughs> We Are Okay if it was the top one out of those books because that is a collection of very strong contenders. <laughs> I learned also that this book has been turned into a graphic novel, although we do not have it in our collection. I want to say it's relatively new. It like just came out maybe this year. Sarah begs to differ. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, all right. Sarah, 
never wrong. It wouldn't have been this year. February of 2022. Okay, so last, like a year ago. Yeah. Okay. I, within a year, I knew it was close, probably in a box back there. February 1st of 2022. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. So yeah, this is a graphic novel too, which, yeah, I think that this one is really easy to read. I think that and it would work well for a graphic novel though. Yeah. So if you're looking for a book that you want to read that's not um, going to take you a whole lot of time, because I think you can read this in, what, like an hour or two at the most? I read it in like an hour and a half. So The audiobook is two hours, so you could definitely read it faster. Okay, yeah. It's really good. It um, is one I think you'll want to go back and read again. Yeah, like, it's, it's definitely easy to reread and kind of knowing where it ends, read it again and appreciate it a little differently. This is the only book I was telling Patty earlier that if I were, that we've read for this podcast so far, that if I were a language arts teacher, I would want to assign this and say, let's compare it to books like A Christmas Carol or Hamlet, where characters meet ghosts that are trying to talk to them about Something. What they should do, revenge, Steer them how to change your life or maybe not change your life, that kind of thing. Yeah. Mm. I think it'd be really interesting to do with Hamlet. The, I didn't think about that. You'd mentioned a Christmas carol and I was like, oh yeah, it's because of the ghost thing. But Hamlet would be really interesting because that's also, you know, it's all about where revenge takes you. Right. And what happens when Hamlet makes the wrong choice? You end up stabbing your father-in-law <laughs> by accident. It's just oh, horrible. <sighs> girlfriend dies. Way to spoil Hamlet. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who don't know, <laughs> Hamlet kills a lot of people and then dies. <laughs> Guess I don't need to read that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a pain. You know, why would you want to read it? It's just, <laughs> the language is so lame. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, I really love Shakespeare, so I don't actually mean that. Sounded pretty serious to me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, clearly. I mean, I do know you, so. <laughs> well, after reading this, does anybody have any read-alikes that they might suggest? Oh. The one that came to mind for me while I was reading it was Concrete Rose, and it's maybe because I had just talked about it back in January for the Yelsa Teens Top 10, but it's by Angie Thomas and I'm not going to talk about it too much, but the main character in that one, Mav, goes through a similar decision process. He loses a loved one due to gun violence and then is debating whether to take the revenge mm -hmm. or kind of get on with his life and move forward. Does anybody else have one? I'm going to stick with Hamlet and Christmas Carol. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have one, uh, yeah, I don't have one at top of mind that is closely related to this. Yeah, I just recommend really picking up anything else Jason Reynolds has written. Um, I talked about one in the last podcast I, without realizing that we were going to be reading this one and talking about this next. That's another poem and it's about COVID in 2020 and um, I, I really like Jason Reynolds' work in general. Everything he's written is excellent. I would pick up something else by him if you like this. Um, Fair point. Yeah. 
and he's written a lot, so there's plenty for you to read. <laughs> this one actually has a sec, a little thing from All American Boys by him, which I would also recommend as a as a really excellent read. That's not poetry, and I think it's harder to write this way, where you're really minimalizing what you say. Oh God, to be able to minimize it and then to get so much across at the same time yeah, is exactly. just easier to read but I think probably harder to write I guess my other read like kind of um, there is a book called Ordinary Hazards by Nikki Grimes and this is I think possibly in our teen section it might it might be in our adult section but it's um, it's won some awards that were geared towards teens and it is about it's uh, poetry and it is about her childhood and it's a memoir in verse, and she had this mother who had uh, paranoid schizophrenia and an absent father, and it was just like kind of her. She ended up going to the foster system for a little while, and it's similar in the sense of um, telling a very interesting and emotional story in very sparse language and it's it's a beautifully written book it's another one that you can read pretty quickly because again it's poems um, and she's a a brilliant poet so I would recommend that one as well have either of you guys read brown girl dreaming oh yes it's it's a kid's book but it's also written in verse oh it is so good and it's a kid's book the way that murder bot is an adult book you know it's it's one of those books that it could really be any age it's a kid's book because it's mainly focused on her childhood but oh that one's another one that's just excellently done Jacqueline Woodson I don't think I said the author. oh that's true (laughs) yes Jacqueline Woodson wrote it And I, I love that book, too. If you have not read that, that book, I'd pick it up. It is, again, it's like an hour and a half, maybe two-hour read, and it is so good. All right. A y, another YA book that I liked, you guys. Congratulations. Well, you picked it, so congratulations <laughs> good to you. Good job, Sarah. I picked it because <laughs> you guys make me read these books. But no, I'm glad I read this one. Okay. <laughs> so what are we reading next time? Well, this time around, it's my turn to pick. Ooh. And I'm doing something a little different. So instead of one book, I picked a trilogy. But let me back Sarah's up. Sarah's already in love with this idea. Uh. <laughs> but anyway, let me back up for a second and explain. We have an event coming up next month at our Norcross branch called Marvelous March, where we'll be celebrating the Marvel Universe. The event will be on Saturday, March 18th from 12 to 4, and it's for all ages. So come Come join us us at the Norcross branch. So to go along with that, I picked the Marvel Rebels and Renegades series by Mackenzie Lee. I'm going to read the first title, Loki, Where Mischief Lies. Sarah's going to read Gamora and Nebula, Sisters in Arms. Ooh, sci-fi. And Patty is going to read The Winter Soldier, Cold Front. Woo! Because you may not know this, but... She loves the Winter Soldier. I she do. Does love I the do love me some Bucky Barnes. <laughs> and Sarah may have bought her a gift for her birthday. Oh gosh, is <laughs> a pillow covered with the actor's face over oh, and over he's again. Not Bucky Barnes in every picture. It's just Sebastian Stan. So Eric. it's like mm, okay. There's a couple Buckys on there, <laughs> y'all. It's so ugly. 
Hey. <laughs> but funny. <laughs> it has a place of infamy on my guest bed. I think it's funny. (laughs) (laughs) This has been another episode of Spill Lit by the Gwinnett County Public Library. I'm Catherine. I'm Patty. And I'm Sarah. And we want you to join us next time as we spill the tea on some Marvel rebels and renegades. Remember to like, review, and subscribe. And until next time, keep reading.